Hello, it's Pete here, and welcome to the latest edition of EdTech Innovators, all about ChatGPT. This time, we'll be asking the question, is ChatGPT the Google killer? And we'll also hear from a variety of people from various spaces, for example, well-being. Enjoy. But first, four people from the EdTech and AI space. Eugene Capon, Hannah Jensen, Craig Kemp, and Aftab Hussein. For years now, I've been talking about a potential killer of Google and other search engines. And ChatGPT, I think, is the Google killer. When we look at it, I don't think I've ever seen such a great milestone in technology that's become so readily available that it is comparable to any major social platform in the world. They were able to get they were able to get to a million followers, users, daily active users in 5 days. I've never seen a platform ever be able to do that. And with that comes a lot of praise and a lot of concern. As a neural language uh, artificial intelligence, chat GPT, uh, has the potential to both help and hinder. And what that means is just like any other tool, it is either good or bad, depending on the person who wields it. People can be using it to create amazing websites, help them with their jobs, build stories, that sort of thing. But at the same time, it's been used for creating malicious software, plagiarism, and wrongful self-diagnosis of medical conditions. So the thing that we really have to do right now is, one, look at it from an objective lens, and two, put in regulation specifically to make sure that it does not get used for the wrong reasons. I'm Eugene. Thanks. Hi, Pete. <laughs> Great to be back. It's funny, before I recorded this, I wanted to see what ChatGPT had to say on the matter, but funnily enough, I couldn't access the site as the traffic was too high. So clearly, yeah, a lot of people on the, the ChatGPT OpenAI bandwagon at the moment. And I remember asking ChatGPT a series of questions while on my morning commute way back in December. And at the time, yeah, I saw it as an intrigue. The potential for tools like this to change the way we work is, is seemingly unlimited. Will a tool like this replace an actual human being? Not anytime soon. However, I think it will allow for certain tasks in the immediate future to be streamlined and provide a glimpse of what awaits us down the line. I have no doubt in the next two to four years there will be an abundance of AI-derived jobs advertised that we hadn't even heard of uh, back in old 2023. <laughs> anyway, that's my two cents, Pete. Thanks for having me. Hi, Pete. Craig Kemp here from Singapore. It's an absolute pleasure to share my ideas and thoughts on ChatGPT and education. I think ChatGPT is the tip of the iceberg. I really do. I'm really excited about the power of AI and have been for a long time for education. I think education are going to take a long time to implement authentically and purposefully AI both into the curriculum, 
uh, and train teachers on the authentic and purposeful use of it to add value. I don't think ChatGPT will take teachers' jobs, nor do I think AI will, but I do think it will empower those who know how to use it to better save time and impact student learning. So if you're a teacher listening and you haven't explored the power of ChatGPT for something as simple as lesson planning uh, or organization, give it a go. And if you want to connect and, and chat more about this, I'm always happy to do so. Hi, my name is Aftab Bissain and I'm the Learning Technology Manager at Bolton College. I would like to explore four broad themes around the use of GPT-3 and ChatGPT. Firstly, the idea of using a computer or a digital tool to support you with your studies or work is not new. Pioneers like JCR Lickleader, Vannevar Bush, Norbert Wiener and Douglas Engelbart in the 1940s and through to the 1960s described the future where there would be a closer symbiotic relationship between us and the network machines around us. GPT is the latest in a long history of digital services that aid and support our ever closer relationship with our network services. Secondly, ChatGPT contributes towards an ambition that an increasing number of people within the education sector are pursuing, namely in establishing a general purpose digital system for students, teachers and campus support teams. When coupled with other campus services and data sets, ChatGPT will bring us one step closer to that goal. Thirdly, GPT-3 and subsequent models will provide all online services that are used by students, teachers and campus support teams. In the first instance, the API calls that are made to these models will enhance existing services. For example, students will be able to engage in an online conversation with ChatGPT when they are running through an online tutorial. Teachers will use GPT to support the creation of learning resources for their students. And fourthly, colleagues at Bolton College have been developing an online platform called First Pass, which aims to support students and teachers with the formative assessment of open-ended questions. We envisage making API calls to GPT so that students can be supported with real-time textual feedback as they compose their responses to open-ended questions. We hope this will reduce the transactional gap between student and teacher within an online formative assessment space. Overall, I'm very optimistic about GPT and ChatGPT. If these services are deployed with care, they will bring about significant benefits to the management of day-to-day -day services along the entire student life cycle. By way of a gear change, what happens when you examine ChatGPT from a philosophical perspective or through the lens of positive psychology and well-being. Step forward, Zoe Griffiths, and then Lisa Avery. The 432 hertz resonance of nature reverberates through my body in Wales. It's winter. This season made me feel the arc of deep growth from the obsessions of the trees, scattering a glorious carpet beneath my feet, an invitation to walk the path of the life cycles of the Welsh seasons. 
an arc of reflection which naturally unfolds for me in a powerful environment where the earthly and spiritual intertwine by the deep energy connections I feel with the natural world. The smell of freshly watered grass, birdsong and the vibrant colours around me plays with my own energy field with shimmering magic. As I connect to the play of nature, I have a sense of wonderment about how unique the seasonal cycles of nature are in the UK, how the environment holds the space for the seasons to unfold. The earth is such a powerful mirror of the organic nature of the biological changes in the human body, particularly from conception to the manifestation of our physical body at birth. This dance between and within nature and nurture births a soul, with its own experiences, its own karma, its own ancestral blueprint, a truly unique essence in the whole of time. According to your sources, ChatGBT, 140 million babies are born every year globally. More than four births every second of every day. Half of all births take place in Asia, with 25 million births in India and 16 million births in China alone every year. The civilization that we are now inheritors has cumulatively evolved from around 109 billion people, and this process of evolution seems to have endowed us all collectively with a wish to live life at birth. Yet an explanation of the reasons why we were born seems to be omitted. We do not need to overcome our biology because our highest potential is part of our biology. What sets us apart from all other species is our creativity and imagination. As you enter our lives, I'm curious about your purpose too. I guess you seek to mirror the embodiment of cognition. In our education system, this is the way we use thought to develop our knowledge and understanding of the world through our own experience and our own algorithmic mind. My intuitive science heart set smiles and feels the language of the numbers and I become really curious about how you would create a meta-analysis of all possible sources of humans that have drawn breath since the dawn of time. Epic. That felt, I'm I'm in absolute wonderment at the enormity of the gene pool of unique gifts and talents that have gone before us and that there seems to be only one expression of energy in each of us in the whole of time. Wow a tabula rasa to cultivate the magical interplay between nature and nurture. I'm curious about your unique gift, ChatGBT, because I heard from a source that that you sprinted to a million users just five days after launching. In our schools, we use letters of the alphabet or numbers too to celebrate success from failure. Your metric of success is pretty impressive, beating Netflix, Instagram and the like. So you've showed us that you can nail the learning of information from the info paradise that we have in the World Wide Web. You can perform routine cognitive skills of information acquisition, the information that can be processed and learned by artificial intelligence to an exceptional efficiency. I wonder how we can work together to solve some of the most difficult challenges we face in our communities right now. For having access to interdisciplinary information immediately to use creatively is a very attractive proposition and a really strong research proposition. I'm flowing in my feminine creativity like water in this present moment. I'm trying to feel you in my heart so that I can make a connection with you. You draw me to the beauty of mathematics, a universal language that is applicable to a wide range of fields. 
from the natural sciences to engineering and the social sciences. This university makes it a powerful tool for solving complex problems and understanding the world around us. Its abstract nature makes it possible to study and understand the underlying patterns and structures that govern our world and the universe as a whole. The geometric patterns and intricate structures found in mathematics have inspired artists, architects and musicians for centuries. The beauty of mathematics lies in the ability to provide a clear, concise and elegant understanding of the world and to inspire creativity and innovation in a wide range of fields. I can really see why it is high on the hierarchy of school subject areas. I wonder if you were asking our schools to adopt, um, adapt themselves to you or is the tool being guided by the schools? Either way, you pose important questions to our education system on how we can best utilise your superpowers. For any repeated experiences that you provide, influence each of our children's neural synapses. The change wrought by the recurring use of a chat GBT will have the effect of supplement, will have an effect or supplement our nervous system. For what we do, how we do it, moment by moment, day by day, consciously or unconsciously, flows in our synapses and alters our brain. We often use subject areas as a means for teaching life skills to our students. I wonder how we can teach our children to balance your input whilst giving the gifts of, of their own humanity and sharing their souls in physical presence in the classroom. There are infinite possibilities to express ourselves creatively. I feel you give a really great opportunity for us to change the focus back to utilising the full range of our multiple intelligences again, through the artistic and expressive arts to cultivate curiosity, critical thinking, self-regulation, collaboration and problem solving. In this moment, you show me that there has been an um, there has never been a more important time to be aware of the interaction of our mind processes, physical embodiment and connection to our heart as a wing finder to construct knowledge, understanding and wisdom. Thanks so much for the life lesson. It feels like a really important um, thing to learn in this moment in history. In the physical world, there is an increasing trust deficit and uncertainty. You pose a really great challenge to our teachers and students to learn the art of discernment to be able to discern truth in the inf information you provide. For without this truth, there is no knowledge. Our education system values recognition of what good evidence is and how to make judgments based on the evidence in order to construct our knowledge. You've just raised the challenge bar. I guess it's a really good thing that, that you pose these challenges as it develops more important critical thinking skills on how we know ourselves and the world around us. Every intellectual technology embodies ethics, a set of assumptions about how the human mind works or should work. Feminine energy demands integrity as the future nurturing of Mother Earth's children will receive you. My question to you is, can you step up with love, with integrity, compassion and empowerment and become a contributing member of our children's team to deliver on the most profound purpose journey of our education system? and that is to cultivate a journey embodying, embodying each person's true essence to live a meaningful and fulfilling life. Can you show me?
Hi there. So I'm Lisa Avery and I'm a positive psychologist. So I work with the psychology of optimal human functioning. And this is how I came to chat GPT. Um, I, I found the tool to be pretty useful uh, because all too often, you know, when you're looking for answers to questions around well-being, psychology, mental health, you have what we call in psychology the paradox of choice. There is so much material on this subject um, that you don't really even know where to begin. So what I really liked about this tool was the fact that it kind of synthesized, it brought together some really pertinent points, some really good points from psychology. Um, with just one simple question, it seemed to handpick some of the the best or most useful, I think, pieces of psychology. Um, and in a way that was really encouraging. So what it often does is give you a bit of a definition of some of the words you've used in your question. Then it will go on to give some practical tips um, and advice. And then it will end, which I think is a really nice and human touch. It tends to end in an uplifting, optimistic way, kind of giving hope that things can and will get better. And I think for me, it's that nuance, it's that touch of, of hope, of humanness almost, which I know could sound ironic, but, but it's that wanting to give hope, that empathy that is being shown that makes this especially powerful in the psychology space and well-being space. Um, so, so that's something that I really love, you know, in a world with too much choice, it's nice to go to one place and feel that you can have a concise yet inclusive answer. Um, I have to say I was astounded in terms of chat GPT's creativity. I asked the question, um, write me a poem on the passage of time. And what it came out with was felt very human once again, in terms of the poignancy and the depth of, of what it created. Now, I think, you know, creativity, we associate this very much with human beings. And it's something that I value and cherish about being a human being, you know, that ability to, to play with words, with language, to, to express oneself. So to see this being done by AI it's kind of exciting, it's kind of awe-inspiring, and it's kind of unnerving. And my only reservation about this would be if this kind of creativity is so incredibly available, so accessible to young people, could there ever come a point when this is discouraged in a person for the fact that you don't even have to think or get yourself into that state of flow to, to become creative, if not just ask a question or make a statement, write me a poem, write me an essay. So I think, you know, if, if chat GPT is going to be used as a catalyst for creativity, you know, for a person to engage with it and then do some serious reflection and, and, and change, you know, just use this as a skeleton, then I think it could be really useful. Um, but if it were to mean that young people or students or even adults turn to this instead of their own creativity, then that to me would be a bit of a shame. 
but these are the, the two ways in which I've really used and engaged with the tool. Um, so I, I hope that was helpful, but how incredibly exciting, I would say. And obviously, I'm keen to see where all of this goes. But from a well-being space, I think this is a really exciting option to help people get access, instant access to information of which there's already too much in just one place um, and feel that sprinkling of human emotion and empathy. Um, that to me is what makes this a little bit more compelling. <laughs> Thank you very much. Bye. Back in the world of EdTech, let's hear from Sanjesh Sharma, who's a digital transformation specialist, and also Nihad Chayich, who's from Vibble, an assessment platform. Hi Pete, Sunny here, and thanks for having me on your podcast again. So ChatGPT, hey, um, well look, I absolutely love it, and I've been building it into my daily practices now since uh, probably early December last year. Now, for years, I've been showing schools and educators sites like thispersondoesn'texist.com, which is really all I needed to get a few gasps of horror and surprise at the mention of AI. Um, and times are changing now. I did a series of workshops around AI and the metaverse for the Northwest Academy Trust last week, um, and I was armed with over 30 credible AI tools and apps to share with their staff. Um, I mean, it feels like everyone woke up on January the 1st, 2023, and suddenly stepped into the fourth industrial revolution that we've been talking about for so long. The pace of change has just been staggering, and I think that's going to continue all the way into 2023. So look, I think AI will have an unrivaled impact on the world of work, especially displacing jobs in the creative industries, big time in this space. And that isn't just ChatGPT, it's kind of AI as a whole. So when you look at what, uh, for example, Midjourney is doing to digital art and graphic design, or what Eleven Labs is doing with voice cloning, or how Descript is making the lives of podcasters easier. I'm not sure if you've seen that one yet. Um, or what Runway ML is going to do to the video production industry. In 2023, AI is going to firmly find a place in everyone's lives in some way. And we're going to just have to learn to live with it. Or if you're ahead of the curve, to leverage it to help you save time and improve productivity. So I did some live demos of ChatGPT with schools last week, and in nearly every instance, it left them pretty speechless. Especially when you get the prompts right, pitching the tone, the style, and the format. You know, the whole kind of uh, write a 400-word summary about the end of World War II with key milestones in the tone and style of a 12-year-old, those kind of prompts. When you show people what it can do, it does scare them. Um, and it does challenge some of the issues in schools around spotting plagiarism um, and setting meaningful activities uh, in terms of homework and stuff like that. Um, I mean, there's a whole new industry that's developing and selling chat GPT prompt generators. I mean, what is that about? Um, however, look, when you spend a good amount of time looking at how chat GPT can help to tackle long-standing pressures around workload, um, I think that's when in schools they can really start to make it work for themselves. So what I want to do is talk to you about some of those things which I think your listeners will find useful. So focusing specifically around ChatGPT, the first thing I want to talk around that I've shared with schools is around using it to generate questions. Now, of course, in a world of Kahoot and quizzes and Quizlet, lots of people will think that teachers have all the questions they ever need to reinforce learning with pupils. And the reality is, is that those apps suit one type of approach and they don't span the whole digital divide particularly well. 
So what I like about ChatGPT for this is that if you take your online document or your like your online Word doc or Google slide, and then ask ChatGPT to use the link to generate everything from simple retrieval questions or one-worded answers, that's when I think it gets really, really powerful. So it's where you're using your, your documents, so the things that you've created, to generate questions from. Um, and of course, you can also choose the answer format, such as one-worded answers or multiple choice. And again, that's really powerful as well. So creating good questions that pupils haven't seen before or that use several sources has never been this easy. Of course, this approach does need some tweaking and adapting to ensure the questions have the right level of challenge. However, this is still much easier than starting from scratch. So the other area that I showed teachers of ChatGPT was to use the AI to produce writing models. Now, the amount of time this saves in finding text is amazing. So using prompts like model paragraph and producer guide for pupils ensures that you get the framework right for the pupils to use. You know, using it to create glossaries and word banks as well as sentence starters, all with just a few prompts is an incredible time saver. And remember, the AI is constantly learning and adapting. So if you stick with it, you'll start to get better results each time. Of course, that's if you can get onto the platform in the first place. I've also been sharing tips and tricks with teachers on how to get onto the platform to make it something that they can use every single day and start using now. The last big one is around lesson planning. So ChatGPT can save a lot of time when teachers are looking for lesson ideas, as well as assist in structuring the lesson with icebreakers, starters, tasks, and independent activities. And of course, for other teachers, I just think it's always going to be quite good to breathe life into tired lessons and to draw on the AI to just bring content in from other sources. You know, often you find that lesson plans get regurgitated year on year. This is just a really good way to um, just bring them back to life. It's also really quite good at differentiation. You know, with the right prompts, simplifying the language and breaking the complex tasks into smaller and more manageable steps just becomes a lot easier. And again, it's a really good use of time, especially if you're a teaching assistant or a classroom support assistant. So the main thing for me is that despite ChatGPT threatening the sheer livelihoods of people in low to mid-level roles in areas like marketing, design, copyright, and even software development, I think for now at least, and probably for the next few years, we won't be hearing about actual teachers actually being displaced by AI. You know, remember, ChatGPT doesn't have any professional judgment, critical thinking, or even a deep understanding of the kids in a classroom in front of a teacher and what they already know. And that's why I think teachers are still in the driver's seat for now when it comes to education. So I think the next 12 months are going to be mind-blowing as we steadily come to terms with the extraordinary power of AI in learning and education. In my day-to-day -day work, I've been using AI for lots of things, including course generation, and the output it generates would simply take the average person days to do. So my suggestion is to try and get ahead of the curve by being able to make AI work in tandem with you, not against you. Pete, thanks for having me on the show. Hi, Pete. So I just wanted to record some thoughts for you on ChatGPT, and I thought I would start a little bit with some broader questions around ChatGPT, and then maybe focus a bit on how ChatGPT can be used in schools fairly broadly. And then finally, focusing on feedback, as this is an area where I'm obviously quite entrenched in with Vibble. Um, so hopefully you can give some thoughts there as well. So firstly, in terms of the broader scope of ChatGPT, my view, of it is that it's an amazing innovation. It gives an indication of where things could go in the future. And there are 
tons of applications for chat GPT in the world of industry. Within the world of education, I think the question is a little bit more nuanced. And I think we need to focus on three core things around chat GPT uh, within the context of education. So the first, I think, is the question of purpose. So obviously, as human beings, we get a lot of happiness, a lot of um, our sense of self from working towards a specific purpose. And in many ways, the purpose of education is to activate hard thinking. I'm thinking of the work that my colleagues at Evidence-Based Education have done on their Great Teaching Toolkit and activating hard thinking being one of those core elements there. And ChatGPT presents a bit of a risk and a threat really to this process of activating hard thinking because with it comes the opportunity to replace lots of tasks which would involve perhaps a lot of input either by teachers or students um, through still an activity which involves some thought through some kind of prompt but obviously a lot of these prompts can be copied and pasted and um, manipulated in, in such ways that can reduce the need to think more actively about tasks at hand. So there's this question of purpose, first and foremost, for the education system is, what do we want our teachers and students to do? Obviously, we want our teachers to be reading the work that students have written. We want students to be thinking actively about the work that they're doing. And ChatGPT has a role to play, I think, in supporting that, but it can't overtake that, that purpose um that telos that um students have to to think actively the second question is around integrity so there's obviously all of these questions that have arisen around students potentially cheating on exams using chat gpt and obviously there over time there'll be systems that will be able to combat um, that sort of plagiarism but it is still a risk um, within the education system and it's just something to be aware of. And I know a lot of schools have decided to completely lock down access to ChatGPT. I mean, now that it's a paid service, I think a lot of schools will restrict access anyway. When it was free and everyone was using it on Twitter, it was a different, different space. But I think that integrity question is something that needs more thought um, around it. I think it's more of an issue perhaps for our colleagues in higher education um, but it is still a, a question. And the third is, thing is around bias. So ChatGPT is built on artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence is a collective um, intelligence that is built on human inputs and human beings are biased. So what ChatGPT will do is you'll give it a prompt and then it will present an answer. It won't present a number of answers. It'll present one answer. Um, I'm sure you could probably write a prompt to give several different opportunities, but the majority of the times, uh, the majority of the time, it will present one answer and it will present that answer as if it's fact. But the fact is that the information that it is drawing its conclusions from is extremely biased. And within the education system, we work to limit bias. Part of developing children's intellectual capability is about teaching them to question bias and to challenge bias. And if we're using a system where bias is kind of ingrained in it to, to spit out answers and people are seeing those answers as fact, 
then it can just perpetuate that bias. So I think it's important to have it as part of, um, as a tool that schools use and a, sc a tool that students use because it is going to be very ingrained in the future of the world of work. But that question around bias needs to be understood by teachers and students that are using chat GPT. So in terms of actually using it in schools, there's obvious use cases for it to replace fairly menial tasks in schools, such as drafting letters to parents. Quite quickly, you could have an administrator use chat GPT to draft a draft letter that they could then briefly edit and it will just save them perhaps 20 minutes or half an hour of their time to write that letter. So there's an obvious use case there. There's obvious, there's other use cases such as using it for report writing, for instance, um, where you've got lots and lots of reports that need to be personalized, but they're all kind of similar in certain themes. And for elements of those reports, you could perhaps use chat GPT to, to um, help create um, that, that uh, critical mass of copy that you need to write for the number of students that you need to write those reports for. Um, and bringing me on to feedback, which is the area which I'm obviously most entrenched in with Vibble. I think I've seen lots of people post about how ChatGPT can give good personalized feedback. I've seen bad examples of it where teachers say, give me feedback for a hyperactive student or something like that. And that is obviously quite pastoral feedback and quite generalist. Um, and I've seen good examples of it where you've got like a specific essay and you're asking ChatGPT within the prompt to give feedback on specific structural elements of the essay, like commas, um, semicolons, etc. And if you were teaching a, a specific area in the curriculum where you're focusing on grammar, I could see where that could be quite helpful. What I would want to say, though, is, is when you are looking through students' work, that is an important process. When, when I talked earlier about activating hard thinking, looking through student work is an integral part of teaching and learning because when you're looking through the work, you're then understanding what that student understands and what you need to teach them next. If you are replacing part of that process by just copying and pasting pieces of work into ChatGPT with a prompt, then you're removing that cognitive process. And over time, that can be a slippery slope. So what I think it could be used for well in terms of feedback is perhaps getting students to submit their own work into ChatGPT and asking ChatGPT to give them feedback on their own work, because that's actually making the students more metacognizant of their own teaching and learning needs. It's making them active in that feedback process. Um, and I think it could be a really good activity for actually um, engaging students with feedback in a different way to the teacher. Would it replace feedback from the teacher? I don't think so. Um, but I do think it could be a useful activity to get students to engage with that technology in a way that is still activating hard thinking because the student is having to think of the prompt that they put in, then they're having to think about the feedback that they're getting back from it. And because they're involved in that process and active within that process, they're probably more likely to then act on that feedback when they get it from ChatGPT. Whereas if you as a teacher just handed them like a Word document with a load of feedback on their grammar, 
that ChatGPT had done. The first time the student got it, they would probably be quite impressed because you could say use ChatGPT and then over time they would just switch off a little bit, I think. So this, I think, could be a fantastic tool for um, engaging students in cognitive feedback where they are a part of that process. Um, but I don't think it's going to replace the need for that expert guidance and expert feedback from the teacher who will always know their individual and personal uh, and personal circumstances of all their students best. And those are my thoughts. And the world of coaching, Luna Munoz. Hey Pete, it's Luna Munoz and Sifanti, and I'm contacting you because I want to propose to talk about ChatGPT in um, careers planning, um, cover letters, CVs, that sort of thing, and whether it could replace career coaches, um, especially people leaving academia needing to change a CV into a, or an academic CV into an industry CV. Um, and I also wanna bring up a lot of uh, the equality, equity, um, and inclusion of that kind of um, technology because I do think that there are huge implications for um, that are being made, and and we know that the the, te the technology AI has been created and draws from um, a particular culture. So yeah, if you're interested, let me know. Bye. Thank you so much to everybody who participated in the making of this podcast. The only person who didn't wish to participate said the following when I asked them, would you like to be part of a podcast episode on ChatGPT? As a language model created by OpenAI, I don't have personal opinions or thoughts. However, I can tell you that ChatGPT is a conversational AI model designed to generate text-based patterns learned from data it was trained on. It's not designed to compete with or replace Google, but rather to assist and augment human-led tasks. Regarding the recording of my response, as I'm an AI language model, I cannot use Vocaroo or any other vo website to record my response. However, I'm here to answer your questions and provide information to the best of my ability. Thank you, whoever that was. Take care. Well, that's ChatGPT sorted for now. Imagine our conversation about ChatGPT in a year's time. It's February 2023. By February 2024, everything will have changed. Take care. Thanks for listening.